Yo, yo, yo. What up, party people? It's just a game podcast, episode number 46. Wow. When I started this podcast, I, I'm i not going to lie. I don't. I didn't think I would make it this far. Like, I'm not saying it was a fad. Like, it was always a dream of mine to have a show like this, have just some kind of platform, no matter how many followers I had. But getting the 46 episodes is really... Wow, it's crazy. And it's funny because I remember when I talked to my brother like a couple weeks into this episode, he said, I didn't realize you would be dropping as many as you do. And I said, like, nah, I gotta I gotta stay on their next. I gotta have that. And we said we gotta have that mama mentality. And that goes to show that it's not just basketball related. It could be it could be anything. But um we got some other stuff to talk about today. You know, we're still gonna I do have a little Kobe related things to talk about. I mean, that shook up the world a lot. And I mean, everyone from TNT to ESPN to like Fox Sports One, everyone has just NBA TV. They've always still been talking about Kobe. So, you know, it's still a lot of Kobe things to address. Um, It shook up the sports world. So, you know, it, everybody's still grieving. Everyone's still thinking about it. I'm going to talk about Shaq, his nice little speech that he had on TNT. Good, good stuff. Just good TV. And it's, it's so great to see Shaq just be vulnerable. And Reggie Miller was on there saying, it's okay to feel like this. Kenny Smith was saying, it's okay to feel like this. We don't have to be so macho all the time. And, you know, we see Shaq and we see this big, tough, 7'2", 300-pound guy, Hall of Famer, you know. And then he's a jokester off the court and he's joking on TNT all the time. And that's all they do on TNT is just laugh and joke. And it was so good to see him be serious for an episode. And under terrible circumstances, I wish, you know, I wish we wouldn't have to sacrifice Kobe to get this, but it was still nice to see them be genuine. It was nice to see another side of Shaq other than just a playful guy. So um, we're just going to talk about Kobe a little bit. Um, he has some players that are going to, quote unquote, internally retire his number. I'm going to tell you why that's not really a good idea, in my opinion. You know, you might think it's a good idea, but my opinion I'm going to talk about the Sixers getting revenge on the Golden State Warriors. I know it sounds weird saying that because the Warriors are terrible this year, but I'm going to explain that. Um, I'm going to talk about Ben Simmons and Embiid, their dynamic. I said this a couple episodes ago. They're going to have to make a decision. Like, they really are. And beating the Golden State Warriors did nothing to dispel that. It did nothing to change my mind about that. So I'm going to talk about that a little more. I mean, Nabbit Owens, I have a little more feedback about that. Uh, T.O., since the last time I did an episode, T.O. went on Undisputed, actually the day after Kobe died, and he talked a little bit about it, so I have a reaction to that. Um, going to get into a little Super Bowl talking. It's the worst part about the Super Bowl week is there's like two weeks in between, so there's no, you know, there's really not much to talk about between Conference Championship Week and the Super Bowl, which is two weeks away from conference championship, you know. So way back in the day, it was a week after, but then everything got pushed back. So now you had to wait two weeks for everything. And then not only do you have to wait two weeks, you have to wait till 645 on game day. So it, it just seems to take forever. But um, I'm going to tell you why Jimmy G needs to show me something. And I'm going to tell you why history is pretty much on San Francisco's side when it comes to this game. And um. Yeah, we're going to get into all that on the other side. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. It's just a game podcast. I am your host, Chris Peel, KP. 
So, like I said, we talked uh, a lot about Kobe. I had a co-host. I had my good friend Renisha on last episode, so we talked about that. But, you know, it's been a couple of days now, and it still doesn't feel real. Like, when I watch videos of him, I'm just, he seemed immortal. It just seemed like this was a guy that could never, ever die. Like, there's no way a guy like that could have passed away. And I keep expecting, you know, I see videos of him. And you know how when Tupac was dead and for years, everyone thought, uh, Tupac is chilling in Cuba somewhere. You know, he's alive. He's sipping on a margarita somewhere on the beach. I, I mean, I don't think that, but I just think, I just feel like Kobe's going to just pop up out of nowhere. I'm still waiting for the Staples Center. Like when they were doing that special today at the Staples Center, the, the TNT crew, I was expecting Kobe to just show up. For some reason, in my mind, I just expected Kobe Bryant to just be like, yeah, you guys didn't really think I died, right? And that's just the kind of, like, it's Kobe Bryant. I'm telling you, there's no other athlete that would have been bigger than this. Like, like they they shut down games for this guy. Everyone did tribute for him. Everyone from tennis players to golf players to, to hockey players, everyone, like, every, like, Cities all around the world, the, the Sixers, like the, and here in Philadelphia, they lit up the, the one of the buildings, they, they lit it up purple. They, they, they showed his jersey today, his high school jersey. That is crazy to me. The Knicks, like, they, they, some, some lighting outside they did, and they, they lit it up yellow and purple, and they put the 24 and the 8 out there. Like, like people are retiring. The Dallas Mavericks retired the jersey. He never played a, a minute for the Dallas Mavericks. That lets you know how, and, the only other person I know did that was the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat retired Michael Jordan's jersey when he retired with the Washington Wizards. And that's the only other person that did that. And, like, that's how you know you're, like, a big, big deal when when, when the team can do that for you. Like, that is crazy when you think about it. And knowing Kobe right now, like I said, he's – I expect him to still be alive. I just keep waiting for him to just say, like, ha, huh, gotcha. But even – he's probably in heaven in the gym right now. Him and Gianna are probably just working on their on their jump shot. He probably has that scowl on his face. He's probably playing one-on-one with somebody and just beating somebody, saying, you guys are soft. Like, you guys are trash. Like, you guys can't guard me. Like, just knowing how Kobe was, it's just, I, I can't believe it. And we really have to appreciate these stars while we have them. We have to appreciate these great, great human beings while we have them. Because I'm telling you right now, you know how they, they say never say never? There will never be another Kobe Bryant. There might be people that come close. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the only person that I can even think of that's close to him as far as the competitiveness. I mean, Kobe wanted to get better every single year. There was no resting with Kobe. I mean, when guys were going out and in the clubs and doing this and doing that and dating reality stars and dating, like, celebrities and actresses, Kobe was in the gym. Kobe was working on his game. And I, I, like I said, I've listened to every Kobe interview recent, like recently that he's done since he's retired. I'm definitely going to go back and do it again. I'm going to go back and watch every single Kobe interview once again because I cannot get enough of his gems. I cannot get enough of the motivation that he provided. I cannot get enough of just the inspiration that he provided to everyone. Like he said, if it feels like a sacrifice, you're not in the right uh, profession. If you're doing other things, he said, I'm going to be better than you because if you're doing other things, I'm already ahead of you because I'm not doing anything else. This is my life. 
even with him having a family, he had the time to be a family man and still had the chance to just have nothing but time. And that's why he made the change to number 24. For those of you who don't know, he wanted to make the 24 hours his best 24 hours. He wanted to make that the best day. And that's why he picked number 24. It was very symbolic. And I think he said that was his first number he wore in high school as well as a freshman. So that's what the 24 meant. If you didn't know why he made the change to number 24 2006, um, I'm letting you know right now. So, and I'm watching, you know, they, the House of Highlights on YouTube. They had a top 100 Kobe plays and moments. Just so many good plays. And it's funny because number eight, Kobe was just so athletic. He was the young guy just doing crazy, crazy dunks. And number 24, Kobe was just the guy with the most moves, the guy that had been around the block. And the reason they were able to retire both of his numbers was because he had two different careers. Pretty much, he played 10 in the, with number eight and 10 with number 24. And when you, th if you just, if he were to retire, in 2006, just as a with number eight, if he would retire after 10 years, he still would have been a Hall of Famer. He still would have been a great player. He still would have had his jersey retired. And then if he would have just came in the league in 2006, in like the 2006, 2007 season when he made the change to 24, if he would have just came in the league in 06 and left in 2016 like he did, he still would have been a Hall of Famer. And that's why they had to retire both numbers because he was so good in each era that even if you erase the memory from the other one, it's, it wouldn't have mattered. He still would have been a great player. The numbers wouldn't have been as high, obviously, but the impact that he made in the game still would have been amazing. So that that is why they had to retire both numbers. Um, it's like I said, it's the the support is crazy from everyone. The Minnesota Timberwolves, like, and it's funny because when they went to that game, I'm thinking like, wow, this is where he passes Michael Jordan the points. I I remember that. I remember it was in Minnesota, and when they won the tip the the toss the tip off. I said the toss. I'm thinking football. When they won the tip off, Andrew Wiggins just sat it right at the free throw line, right where he passed Michael Jordan when he shot those free throws. And that's crazy that they remembered that. Whoever brought that to his attention, and they said, "Oh, we're going to do this." And I don't know if the other team. I forgot who they played. Um, I think it was Sacramento. And I guess they were in on it too. But it's just crazy that they did that for him. Now, so with that. Um, being said, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, guard for the New Jersey, New Jersey, I'm still calling it New Jersey. It's been like eight years. Guard for the Brooklyn Nets. He's number eight. He was really upset about Kobe Bryant passing away. He's obviously he wore number eight. He's going to change his number this year to 26. So, like I said, I saw an article that a lot of people are going to be internally retiring his number. I guess people who are wearing 24 or number eight. They're not going to wear it no more. And to me, that's silly because I feel like it should be the other way around. I feel like you should keep number eight and you should wear that with pride. You should change your number to number eight or change your number to number 24 to as a tribute. Unless, you know, you play for the Lakers or unless you're on a team where it's retired. Like, for instance, the Sixers, Bobby Jones is retired, number 24. But you want to be at for permission. He was able to wear it tonight. That's just a one night thing, though. So, but I feel like a tribute is actually wearing the number. Like when Trey Young wore number eight for that game, that was a tribute to him. I feel like retiring the number is like the opposite. I feel like, I mean, that's just me. Maybe other people feel different. I feel like it's better if you actually say, you know what? I'm going to change my number to 23 or 24. I'm going to change my number to eight. I wear number 23 because of Michael Jordan. I wear number 42 because of Jackie Robinson. Like stuff like that, you know? So I wear number three because of Iverson. I, 
Iron Iverson, the All-Star game, wore number six for Dr. J. And that was a one-time thing as well. But I just, again, I just feel like it's more of a tribute to him to actually wear his number and have his number on your back. Because it's more like, a, you know, it's say out of sight, out of mind, but it's like more insight in mind. So I just think, you know, I'm not saying Spencer Dinwiddie made a bad decision. That's totally his call. I'm just saying what I would do. I would keep number eight unless the Nets retired, decided to retire his number. But that's just me. But um, I saw somebody say, you know, oh, Kobe Bryant, he's a stranger. And why do we care about a stranger dying? There's a lot of people dying every day. People die every three minutes. And I'm thinking like, a stranger? Are you kidding me? Like, Kobe Bryant's not a stranger. There's so many people that was that worship Kobe Bryant. There were so many people that looked up to him, idolized him. And there were people that said, oh, he's the reason I play sports. He's the reason I play basketball. He's the reason I, I go so hard in the gym. He's the reason I, I go to class and I want to be the best this. I want to be the best that. And it's not just sports. I'm telling you, there are so many people that do certain things because of him. He had that Mamba mentality. It's different. It's not just sports. So he's not a stranger. A stranger is a guy that you have no contact with. That's a stranger. A stranger is the person that lives four doors down that I've never talked to. I've never even seen before. A stranger is the guy that lives 10, 12 miles away. And I've never met this guy before. Kobe Bryant is not a stranger. You know who Kobe Bryant is. You know his name. A stranger is a guy I walk, I bump to in the street on Market Street. And I don't know this guy's name. That's a stranger. A stranger is not a guy you recognize. So don't tell me he's a stranger. And it's crazy because media day, it was like taking over and Richard Sherman, he had the best quote that I said. He said, you know what? He was down in the dumps. He was upset about it. But then he thought about what Kobe would want. And Kobe would just say, stop crying and do your thing. Go do your thing. So that's what I'm going to do. And it was a lot of questions about Kobe Bryant. And it's crazy. We're going to remember this Super Bowl because we're going to remember that this was right when Kobe Bryant passed away. So. Um, and then another one more thing about Kobe Bryant before I get off this topic. I don't want to talk about Kobe for two straight episodes. Like I said, it shook the sports world, but we eventually we had to, you know, get on to something else. Now, there was a petition online. I think they got over a million signatures last time I checked. They said they wanted to get um they wanted to change the logo to Kobe Bryant. And I just feel like it could be a good idea, but I'm like, the NBA is a very traditional sport. And I just feel like they're not going to, they're not going to do that. They could, it would be a nice idea, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Jerry West has been a logo for a long time now, and you can't just go around changing the logo of the team, uh, of a, a whole league. You change the logo of a team. But changing the logo of an entire league, that's a little bold. That's a bold statement. And like I said, I, I actually, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing it. If it happened, I wouldn't be upset about it. I just don't see it happening because everything, you know, like the three-point shot is the same. You know, they, they changed the three-point and it's been the same since then. The rules are pretty much the same. Um, still five-second violation. I mean, they changed the 10-second violation to an eight-second violation. But certain things like that, it's still a 24 second shot clock. Uh, the court is the rim is still 10 feet high. The court is still 94, um, 94 feet long. A lot of things just don't change. And I feel like the logo is one thing. I don't know if you can just go in and change that. So, again, I would like to see it, but will it happen? 
I wouldn't really count on it. So it is what it is. So um, let's talk about the 76ers. Let's switch gears a little bit. They got a little revenge today. Beating the Warriors tonight. It was fun watching it. Not because they're a good team. But I specifically remember a game back in 2016. I think when they were in their 73-9 and season. And that was our 10-72 and season, I believe. And I remember it was a game in Philly. They were beating us for like 20. And then we ended up coming back. Ish Smith and Nervous Noel a couple years ago. We really almost came back and beat that team. And Harrison Barnes ended up hitting the three in the corner. So just this game, it just reminded me of that. So I'm like, okay, we got our revenge back. But it's the Warriors. It's a home game. You pretty, you pretty much knew they were going to win the whole time, even when they were down like early. Like they're not going to lose to the Warriors here. It's just crazy how the mighty have fallen, though. Honestly. But one thing I noticed, uh, Embiid came back, and you know his, his finger was still wrapped up. And it's funny because. I don't want to sound harsh. Embiid is one of the best players in the league. One of my favorite players. I'm glad he made the All-Star team. Definitely still one of my favorite players. Obviously, he's the best player on the on my favorite team. So, obviously, he is. But when I saw he was playing, I wasn't as happy as I thought I should be. You know, it's like, oh, Jordan B available to play tonight. You'd be like, yes, yes, he's playing. But today, when I saw that news, I'm just like, eh, Okay. Maybe because I know Ben, I know how good Ben Simmons plays without him be. Maybe because I want him to rest because we're playing the Warriors and we don't really need him for this game. But whatever the case was, I really wasn't excited as I should have been probably. And we saw it on full display today. They won the game. You know, you look at their numbers. They both put up pretty solid numbers, but it seems like when they're on, when they're on the court together, they don't really complement each other very well. They don't really do well together. They do well when, like, when Ben Simmons is out there and Joel Embiid is on the bench. That's when uh, Ben Simmons scored, like, eight straight points. When Joel Embiid is out there and Ben Simmons is on the bench, that's when Joel Embiid is able to dominate. But when they play together, they just don't seem to mix at all. For some reason, it's, it's just stagnant. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to have to make a decision because eventually they're going to get to the playoffs and we can beat the Warriors, and we can beat the Hawks, and we can beat the Knicks, and we can beat the Nets, and we can beat these guys. But when we get to the playoffs and we realize it's going to be the same thing over and over and over. And the reason, back to Kobe, the reason Kobe and Shaq were the best big man, little man duo is because Kobe was shooting. And Ben Simmons is not a shooter. And the thing is, I'm actually okay with that. I'm actually not really that big of a... Ben Simmons needs to shoot. He needs to take threes. He needs to do this. Like, I really don't care. Like, you just have to surround him with shooters. And so, but I think Ben Simmons does so much other than shoot. And he's too valuable to, to get rid of. I don't want to get rid of a guy like Ben Simmons. And I'm saying, if I had to get rid of one of them right now, it probably would be and B. And I don't want to be a prisoner at the moment. Again, Joel B had a fantastic game tonight. He really did put up another double-double. He puts up double-doubles in the sleep. But in order for, I feel like, Ben Simmons to reach his full potential, I just don't know if he can do that with Joel B on the same team. I don't. I think he has to be surrounded by guys that can that can shoot. And I feel like I'm, you're going to see monster numbers like he had against the Nets. Or you're going to see a crazy game like he had against the Lakers. So, so 
I'm just telling you right now. If you had to choose between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid right now, who would you go with? I probably would go Ben Simmons. And again, I don't want to be the dead horse, but that's just my opinion. Just saying. So, um, let's go to another Philadelphia athlete dynamic. This one is a little more toxic than a Simmons and Embiid. So, I talked about this in my uh, last episode. Uh, Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens. You know, Donovan McNabb went on uh, Bleacher Report and said, you know, it's his fault for breaking up the team. And T.O. kind of clapped back with the... You know, it's not my fault. Oh, you didn't need me. Blah blah. Said he made some toxic comments. Said, oh, he's usually poli- politically correct, but he wasn't with him. And I just feel like Terrell Owens is playing like Mr. Sensitive. And the reason I say that is because Donovan McNabb never blamed him for losing the Super Bowl. Donovan McNabb just blamed him for the breakup of the team in 05. And he actually did contribute to that a lot. Like once T.O. started all his nonsense. Once he got suspended, that's when everything went down. And Brian Dawkins has even said it. Like, even when Brian Dawkins said he should be a Hall of Famer, he said, I shouldn't even feel this way because he was responsible for tearing up the team in 05. You know, it was he was responsible for that. In one corner, there was Team McNabb. Then you had another corner, it was Team Owens in the locker room. You cannot have that on a football team who has playoff or Super Bowl aspirations. You can't have it. So, Terrell Owens did break up the team a lot. Not in 2004. No, he didn't. He never said that he cost him for, he blamed him for the Super Bowl loss. That wasn't T.O.'s fault. That wasn't McNabb's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. Again, the throwing up thing, I'm not going to get into that again. It never happened. And people just keep saying, oh, yeah, it definitely did happen. It did happen. It did not happen. Like, show me the video, show me the proof, and then, then we'll talk about it. But no, it did. But I don't know. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were saying, uh, McNabb threw the game. He had T.O. wide open. He threw to his feet on purpose. And I'm like, no. Two reasons why. One, Donovan McNabb always threw low. He had that problem with that. He had the problems with that his whole entire career of throwing the ball low, throwing at people's feet all the time. Either throwing the ball low or throwing the ball high. Most of the time it was low. And two, you really think Donovan McNabb, who played for the Eagles, who pretty much built Lincoln Financial Field, you think he would throw the Super Bowl because he's that petty towards Terrell Owens when he vouched for Terrell Owens to be here? No. Again, and Terrell Owens went on undisputed and was talking, oh, this is not the day to do it out of respect for Kobe. But then he went on record and said, he went on record talking about how, you know, McNabb was toxic towards him. He wasn't politically correct enough. And like, oh, listen, blah, blah, blah. I'm still riding with McNabb here because I just don't really think that McNabb said anything wrong. I think Donovan McNabb was asked a question. And you go on a show with Skip Bayless, who's a Cowboys fan, and you think you think he's not going to agree with you? Like, honestly, I know Shannon Sharp claims to be an Eagles fan, but come on, he's not an Eagles fan. He just hates the Cowboys, and that's why he claims to be an Eagles fan. You're really going to go on a show, a talk show with a, a known Cowboys fan, a known Cowboys homer, and talk that talk bad about Donovan McNabb, who was an Eagle for 10, 11 years. You really thought that wouldn't go that way? I mean, honestly? Like, for real. So, 
I mean, they'll be like me going to Staples Center and trying to and saying, oh, like the Celtics suck. Obviously, they're going to agree with me. They're Lakers fans. So it's pretty much, I mean, you went to the right place to if you wanted somebody to agree with you. I just don't get it. And, you know, Owen's talking about he can't fight this man, a man's jealousy. And I'm like, Donald McNabb was not jealous of you. Like, but do you think, like, you think Donald McNabb didn't know how big of a star you are when he vouched for you to come here? You think he didn't want you here? Like, he wanted you here because he wanted to win the championship. He wanted you to help him win that championship. Terrell Owens was a star at that time. There were three big receivers in the league at the time. There were three, like, super, superstar receivers. There was Terrell Owens. There was Jerry. There was Terrell Owens. There was Marvin Harrison. And there was Randy Moss. Those were the three. Those are the three big, big-name receivers. So, bringing Terrell Owens here, Donovan Nav knew what he was doing. He knew there would be guys chanting your name. You had three touchdowns in the first game. Donovan McNabb was happy for you. It wasn't until 2005, and they had that little argument in Pittsburgh in 2004. That was nothing. People argue all the time. People argue on the sidelines all the time. It happens every single practice. It happens every single game, every week, every sport. Coworkers argue all the time. You can go to any kitchen, look at the cooks in the kitchen. They're arguing. That that means nothing. So it wasn't until 2005 when he was doing sit-ups and eating popcorn and doing all this and and saying next question and doing a list that like Donald McNabb was really definitely got annoyed with you. So don't say it was jealousy. It was not jealousy. Look, Donald McNabb was not jealous because people were screaming your name in Lincoln Financial Field. Donald McNabb was willing to share the spotlight. In order to be a great quarterback, you have to be able to share the spotlight. I don't think quarterbacks are selfish Human beings, I mean, there'll be some, you know, you, you have your Ben Roethlisberger's, you have your Aaron Rodgers, you have some guys out there that are like, you know, kind of like jerks a little bit. But for the most part, because if somebody scores a touchdown, you're not getting credit for that touchdown. The receiver's getting credit for the touchdown. The running back, if you throw a touchdown, they're getting the score and they're getting the actual points. So you think a quarterback like Donovan McNabb is just jealous? You think he wants all the shine? No. So don't, it's, it has nothing to do with jealousy, T.O., like, Get over yourself. You were the problem in that locker room in 2005. And he's the reason that we went from 11 wins, 11 wins, 11 wins to 13 wins to Super Bowl to all of a sudden being 6 and 10 in 05. And then after that, it was like every other year we we're making a Super Bowl. We were never able to recover and have like a long stretch run like we had from 2000 to 2004. I don't want to blame him for the whole entire thing, but he was a big reason for the inevitable debacle so it has nothing to do with jealousy so um let's get down to the super bowl let's talk a little bit about the super bowl 54 this is yes so um jimmy g he's gonna have to show me something i'm gonna i'm gonna need to see i'm gonna need to see something from you baby because you've been running the ball a lot they've been running the ball i think 74 percent of the time and, you know, he said, I don't care if they run the ball every single play. If it works, it works. And I get it. Jimmy G has two Super Bowl rings. He's happy with that. He's happy winning another one just by handing the ball off. But eventually, I think one of these games, you're going to have to pass the ball. And you're going to have to do it against, against the Chiefs. This is the reason I said the Tennessee Titans would not beat the Chiefs because they were running the ball really, really well, barely having to pass the ball at all against uh, Baltimore and against New England. And I said, this is the game. They're not going to be able to come out and just run, run, run. Even if they can run the bar early, Kansas City is going to score on them, and they're going to 
have to pass the ball eventually, and eventually they did. Derrick Henry was not able to run for those 160. He didn't make, have 100 yards in, in the championship game. And I think it's going to happen again. I think Kansas City is going to score, and eventually San Francisco is just going I don't want to say they're going to panic because I think Kyle Shanahan learned his lesson from the 2016 Super Bowl. But I don't think they're going to let them just run the ball down their throats. They're going to stop them like they did Derrick Henry, and they're going to force him to pass the ball. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to show me something. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo can do it. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do it. It's like, I don't know why people think Jimmy Garoppolo is a scrub. Like That's the reason that they sucked in 2017. They traded for in the middle of 2017. They won a couple of games at the end of 2017. Then once 2018 started, he was the full-time starter from the start of the season. He got hurt week three against these Chiefs, by the way. And they sucked for the rest of the season. And now with him being a full-time starter the entire year, surprise, surprise, they're the number one seed. There's a, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. Let's not act like he's just some game manager. He's a really, really solid quarterback. I'm not sitting here calling him a top five, not even a top 10, but he has to be at least top 15. When you put like it all together, like I'm looking at him, he passes the odd test to me. He can make some plays. He can go out there. He can do his thing. So, um, but I'm going to need to see it happen. And I think he can do it. Like I, It's been a, it was a couple of games this year, but Jimmy Garoppolo actually had to go out and win the game. And he was able to do that. There was a game, I always talk about the New Orleans game. There was a game against, um, uh, I forgot who they beat. I think it was Arizona at the end of the season when they, he threw a late touchdown pass. He led him to a, a game with a drive at the, end of the, um, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. You know, there's some ugly games in there, but he did really good. You know, against the Packers, he put up some numbers. Like, um, he did really good. He, he brought him back in the, seat, the first Seahawks game. In the second Seahawks game, he put up some numbers. They put up 51 points against the Panthers. So, let's not act like they just ran the ball all season. Like, he just threw for 2,000 yards or something. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there and put up some numbers. So, let's, let's, let's cut it up. Let's not act like Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw for pretty much 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. You know, he has the weapons around him. Jimmy G can do it. But on the flip side of that, history has told us that the defense pretty much wins the game. So as much as I can say Kansas City will go out and score, and they will score at will, history has told me 2015, Broncos against the Panthers, Broncos defense, they go out there and dominate the MVP, Cam Newton, 15 and 1. Cam Newton, they just rolled through the playoffs. They blew out the Seahawks and the Cardinals on their way to the Super Bowl. And then they ran into the Denver Broncos defense that was just amazing. Number one, Von Miller was uh, wreaking havoc. TJ Ward was in the backfield. You had Chris Harris back there. You had Demarcus Ware. Like there was one play where like Cam Newton had like no time to throw the ball at all. It was like as soon as he got the ball, Von Miller was on him. So then, then I can look at 2013, you had the record-breaking Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos against the number one defense in the Seattle Seahawks. And from the start, they just dominated. The Seahawks just dominated that game. Then we can go to 2002, the number one offense in the Oakland Raiders against the number one defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers went out and dominated that game. It was a little stress in like the mid-fourth quarter where it looked like Oakland was going to try to make a comeback, but the defense ultimately just took over. They say offense wins games, defense wins championships. You can even look at like 2000, 
2007, Giants weren't really a great defense, but they had the pass rush to neutralize the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots, I don't even have to tell you they had a number one offense that year. They 50 touchdowns, 16-0, Randy Moss, 23 receiving touchdowns, Wells Walker, 100, yard, uh, 100 catches. So Dante Stallworth was a deep threat. So, But the Giants were able to neutralize that. They were able to dominate that game. Like New England probably had their lowest point total of the year in that Super Bowl. Um, if you look at the early Patriots teams, there was a reason, like the 01, 03, and 04 Super Bowls, they had great defenses. It's the reason they went 3 0 in those Super Bowls. It wasn't until they were like more offensive oriented and offensively sound that they, they've lost three Super Bowls since 07. But when they were all about the defense, they never lost. The, the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, number one defense. I'm telling you, when you get these great defenses and get these great offenses, it usually goes the way of the defense. And we have a lot of examples of that. We can go back to the 85 Bears. I can take you back to the 84 49ers against the Miami Dolphins. We can go back that far. But, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. And we're going to see how far they can take it. But, um... I'm going to look a little more into it a little later. You know, I'm going to look at the tight end matchup. I'll kind of look at the secondaries as well, you know, because Kansas City, they have a way better defense than they had last year. And that's why they actually made it to, made it to the Super Bowl. This uh, Last year, their defense was pretty much the death of them, thanks to D Ford, obviously. But which D Ford is on the other end of this game. So, you know, maybe he'll get some revenge or maybe they'll get revenge on him. We'll see. But that's all I got for now, guys. Um, quick 30-minute episode. You know, a lot to talk about. We, had, we covered a lot. So, um, thanks for listening. Um, rest in peace, Kobe. And remember, it's just a game.